0: We are kicking things off with a word from our sponsor. The new streaming service, Film Movement Plus, opens a world of award-winning entertainment, including some of the best films from around the globe. Among the hundreds of titles waiting for you to discover are some of the best films from 2020, including The Wild Goose Lake, Zombie Child, and more. Available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, as well as streaming online and on mobile, Film Movement Plus is priced at $5.99 a month. But as a listener of Watch With Jen, Film Movement Plus will give you a 30-day free trial, plus the next three months at 50% off when you use the promo code WATCHWITHJEN, all one word. Sign up today at filmmovementplus.com. Hey, this is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com and Film Intuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen. Well, today I am honored to welcome one of my oldest Twitter friends, Mariah E. Gates, a writer, film lover, and former social media manager for Netflix and Rotten Tomatoes, Mariah is the creator of such viral film movements as A Year With Women, which, where she spent a year watching and logging films made exclusively by female directors, and Noir Vember, where movie buffs spend the month of November watching and learning about the noir genre. Now a freelance writer for such outlets as Phone and RogerEbert.com, Mariah is also a podcaster. Yay! Currently working on getting her new show, Prague Save America, about Progressive Rock, out to listeners soon. As a fellow Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, and Neil Young fan, I can't wait to tune in. And now that her passion is behind it, I know it's gonna be awesome. So Mariah, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? And how have you been dealing with the ongoing pandemic?
1: Um, you know, I've been good. I've just, you know, it's, I hit my one year anniversary um, three days ago. Okay. <laughs> so that, that was a weird milestone. I also want to um, somewhat correct that I was the editorial manager at uh, Netflix, which is not just social media. It was, okay. a lo- it was a lot of things that people didn't see, <laughs> yes. let's put it that way. And also I got to shout out Filmstruck because it might be gone, but it is never actually dead. It yeah. Lives on in our hearts. Oh, of course. Um, yeah so what have i been doing i i mean the first like nine months of of quarantine or so or six months i don't know several months was spent working a lot because my job was mostly done online anyways Mm -hmm. the only thing that changed is like junkets became online junkets um but I don't know if I'm sure people noticed Netflix acquired a lot of films. So my workload actually increased over Mm -hmm. quarantine, but my like ability to see people decreased and that was not fun. Um, So that, that was kind of stressful. And then as you saw, like my grandfather passed. And so then like a whole, there's a whole month that I don't even remember all that well because it was spent sort of dealing with that. And, but now that I, you know, I'm freelance quotes on that. It, it's, I've spent a lot more time reading. Mm-hmm. Like I read, I read, I read like 50 books in a month. That's <laughs> amazing. Was, it was really fun. But I mean, I didn't, you know, I like spent like eight hours a day reading some of those days. That's, that's the only way you can do those numbers is if you, you just sit and do nothing but read. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was because i got behind on my on my goal so this year so far we're six weeks into the year or 10 weeks into the year what are we 10 weeks into the year and mm-hmm. um i am almost at my goal which is two books a week like i have i'm like a book behind so okay. so i won't theoretically have to do like a huge catch-up at the end okay. of the year um and and part of that is just ha- not being tired because i'm i'm not working a stressful job anymore I'm just sort of I have different stresses I have like thinking about finance stresses which is a whole other type of stress but like it's less exhausting I've found so that I I have like when the day's over I feel I don't feel too tired to like read 100 pages if I want to sit and read 100 pages and that I like because I I know you're also a a huge reader (laughs) and but it's I, it fi- I find that it's, you need more strength to read than to watch a film and most films anyways. And um I, my brain was just so fried all the time for the last few years that yeah. trying to keep up the amount of reading that I like to do was just not feasible. And now I've been doing it, you know, and I've That's been catching so up cool. on authors that I've wanted to read and, you know. I'm always really inspired
0: it. by what you're reading because you post like <laughs> cool little clips and uh, pictures of like Bukowski poems and it's.
1: Oh, the really Bukowski great. has really been speaking to me. I, yes. I hadn't, you know, I didn't know his work very well. And I, I um bought a book called Bukowski on cats because I love cats <laughs> <laughs> and his cat poems were so good that I was like, well, maybe I'll try some of his other poems and then, you know, like, you know, I've like falling in love with his poetry so i haven't read his prose so i don't know yeah you know like i've heard that it's not as it's harder to get into because yeah there's it feels more misogynistic yeah although Mm -hmm. i i feel like i don't think he's a misogynist i think he has issues let's put it that way yes um (laughs) but a misogynist would mean you hate women i don't actually think he hates women Mm -hmm. he's just doesn't understand his language yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah Yeah, well,
0: you're so accomplished, always in the midst of a number of exciting, inspiring projects, and yes, I don't know why I blanked on that, with Netflix, you were always producing really cool little videos and interviews, and I loved seeing those. I couldn't believe it It was like, yes, I know somebody who did that. It was very, (laughs) very cool. So I know you're freelance now, in addition to, of course, reading and feeding your soul and getting lots of ideas. What have you been working on lately? Is there anything I missed? Or do you have anything on the horizon you'd like to tell us about? And I don't wanna press if there's stuff you wanna keep under your head, um, of course.
1: Well, I have uh, the column for Movie Phone, which is weekly, where I write about one new release and one old release directed by women. And this last one that I I did included an interview with a cinematographer, but I also have um, an interview with three of the directors from Phobias. Uh, It's three first time, women directors in a it's an anthology with actually five directors, but three oh. of them are women and it's their first film each. And and so um, interviewing them was really fun. I'm um, gonna be interviewing the director for Slacks, which is like a much darker horror comedy than I was. I thought it was just gonna be a horror comedy and then it went dark and I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> so those, those are coming for the column. I'm trying to make as often as I can, it be like a combo column interview, when possible and because I, I like to hear women creators talk about their creative process I feel like um you get that a lot less than you do with their male yes. counterparts especially you know when I got the option to interview the cinematographer I was very excited because you don't you know no that's so hear a lot from women who are cinematographers even though there's a lot of them working yeah. today a lot more now than there used to be um but they still don't get interviewed unless they have like you know unless their film is an Oscar contender, yeah. right? And it's like, I really enjoyed Lucky, but it's the shutter release and it's not gonna be an Oscar contender, but that doesn't mean she doesn't deserve to talk about her craft, you know? No, so, absolutely. Um, and then I have a few other projects in the um, in the wings that, uh, you know, they're coming, yeah,
0: but um, very cool. I'm
1: excited for them.
0: I am as well. Well, when it came to deciding which topic you wanted to focus on for what I hope is just your first episode, it was hard (laughs) to narrow it down since there are so many areas where your knowledge would absolutely shine, like rare silent movies, Japanese cinema, the filmography of David Lynch, and of course, female filmmakers with whom you've become synonymous. You ran a poll and women directors won out. I love that when you thought about the subject, though, you zeroed in on movies about young women coming of age, three rebellious girl storylines made by women in three different eras. So what about this subject fascinates you the most?
1: Um, I really like films about teenage girls and specifically teenage girls that sort of find their people, because as a teenage girl, I feel like I didn't. And, okay. you know, yeah. like I was kind of a miserable teenage girl and I had like one, one and a half friends. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I but I was rebellious on the inside. Like I definitely would have been a like skateboarder if I'd had the opportunity or I, you know, definitely wanted to start food fights. I did slap people. There was a phase. I think I was a junior in high school. The guys were just being jerks, so I slapped them. And then I got in trouble, even <laughs> though they were the ones that started it. But because I slapped them back, I was the one that got in trouble. So, you know, I I, I like the idea of a rebellious teenage girl because being a teenage girl is really hard. Yeah. And I like when you get representation of girls who kind of fight back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and then I like just people finding, finding their tribe because I grew up in a really small town and there wasn't like – I found my people in college and Mm. I always knew there were people (laughs) who would like the same things as me. Uh, I just knew that the sample size in my hometown was too small for me to really find them. So I like seeing the idea that it's possible to find them at like 16 instead of,
0: you know, 20. No, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And yes, girls fighting back. I played viola in middle school and there was this girl who kept like um, hitting me in the back on the bus. And one day I just used the viola and just slapped <laughs> this woman with her young woman with the viola. And, you know, I mean, I felt bad, but did she, she left me alone after that? It's like, yeah,
1: you got to do that sometimes, every once in a while. Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. Um, until you get called into the principal's office and the principal tells you, we just don't do that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I did yeah. it. Yeah. Like, the the first person I slapped is because he touched me without my permission. Like, yep. put his hands on my shoulders. I think he was joking, but it, like, my initial reaction was to slap him. I didn't yeah. even think about it. I just did it. Cause I was like, why are you touching me? Yeah. Um, and then he told everybody that I slapped him. I'm my brother was one year older and it was a kid in my brother's grade. And he went into his next class and said that, that Joseph Gates's little sister slapped him and everyone just laughed at him instead of <laughs> like, cause it was, it was, you know, yeah. like he deserved it. But then I'm the one that got in trouble. Although the thing is I got in trouble because my brother told my mom about this as a, Thought, it, she thought he thought it was funny and then my mom called the principal and was like are you gonna punish her <laughs> I was like mom Not why cool. did you? she she narked on me so oh that's the worst yeah, I think I think uh she you know she didn't want me to be violent which I guess I get <laughs> yeah I mean, probably a good thing yeah. um you know
0: I think we would have had each other's backs in middle (laughs) school. um, They called the boys with um, emotional issues, emotional behavioral problem boys. And so one of them, I guess, had a crush on me. I had no idea and uh, decided to show it by slamming my head in a locker and slamming the door. And so that happened to me and then, you know, my parents went in and I basically wound up switching schools. But before I did that, I told my parents, like, I do know of this kid. He stole an X-Acto knife from our art class and like the teacher was new and she was scared and didn't want to tell the principal. And Mm -hmm. so what was hilarious is like I switched schools and then I got my art grade back and in the report card, she gave me like a C, and it, the reason why is the she wrote talks too much. And I thought, wow, it's like a mafia class. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I norked on the whole, you know, kids stealing a knife, and teachers like snitches get stitches. You're getting a C. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, thought, oh. I feel that. I think we would have had each other's backs a bit.
1: Yeah, I yeah. feel like you you need that. Um, and it's you know, if you don't have it, it's like.
0: It is so. miserable <laughs> yes exactly we all need an Angelina Jolie to swoop in and you know start a girl gang Definitely. yeah
1: I you know I wish I had started a girl gang I feel like there were other outcasty girls that needed yeah. like a ragtag team and and I was too busy just trying to like <laughs> survive to think about other people yeah. you know <laughs> and, but I look back on it and I'm like you know what we probably could have been a, a girl gang if we had, if I, you yeah. know, if someone had had been the leader. But oh well. Yeah. Next time, next life. <laughs> yep. Next time. Well, obviously, as we're
0: talking about these movies, feel free to reference any title at any time. But as we go in more depth today, I thought it might be best to start going through the works chronologically, starting yeah, with yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Starting with the 1966 movie *Daisies* which was written and directed by, okay, is it Vera Chytilova? Did I get that?
1: I always say Vera Chitlova, but I'm not actually, I've never heard it said by anyone with like, like if Martin Scorsese said it, I would trust him and I've yeah. never heard him say it. You know what I okay. mean? Yeah.
0: Okay, let's <laughs> go. Something Vera, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Vera Chytilova, Chytilova, Vera. Yes. So, a surrealist dramedy with slapstick, Marx Brothers, or Keystone Cops-like touches, Daisy's is a uniquely feminist satire of bourgeois decadence. It's a seminal work of the Czechoslovakian New Wave, Centered on two carefree, wild young women named Marie, who engage in a startling number of pranks and enjoy tricking older sugar daddies into buying them nearly everything on a restaurant menu. It is a stylish explosion of color, avant garde techniques, and affection for the youth at its core, whose actions we can't take, I don't think, too literally was originally banned in its native country. Daisies is now one of the most acclaimed films made by its singular female talent. It's one I also always enjoy watching, but I hadn't seen it in years. So I appreciated this opportunity. Oh, good. Yes. What is uh what is your take on Daisies?
1: I love Daisies so much. I had heard of it, but hadn't seen it until I I wanna say eight or nine years ago when the janice restoration was going around and they they played it at the roxy theater in san francisco back when i lived in san francisco and um i remember when i got there there was like a giant line of men and i was like are they all here to see daisies like it didn't seem right and then it turned out that in the smaller theater they were showing like a um bmx movie, like, okay. a, um, you know, like an independent BMX bike movie. And they were all online for that. And I was I tried to convince several of them that it would be more worth their time to go watch yeah. Daisy's. But unfortunately, it was a very small audience, which I w- was a little bit of a disappointment. I wish it had been a larger crowd. But um, the movie didn't disappoint, obviously. it. it like, I had no idea like what I was getting into other than like I'd seen some imagery, you know, and the mm-hmm. like, we exist, we exist, quote, is something I've seen float around the internet for a long yeah. time, but out of context. Um, and it's just, it's so chaotic and hilarious. Yeah. And has literally the best food fight in any film ever. It's, it's mm-hmm. and it's not even it, like, I don't even know how to explain the food fight. You just have to get to it. Um, her use of of color and um, editing techniques. You know, there's a scene where uh, they, like, cut each other up. <laughs> yeah. and And I love that because um, I think a lot of teenage girls really love collage. I, mm-hmm. I know that, like, you know, Guy Madden also does collage, and he was not a teenage girl, but I found a lot of – a lot of teenage girls do collage a lot of teenage girls cut oh, out yeah. from magazines and create stuff and it feels a little like you know specific to to that you know sitting in your um bedroom with your friends you know cutting out mood boards and things like that and but then they do it to each other so there's yeah. they start by cutting the magazines and then they cut each other and you're like this yeah. is symbolic and I feel it, you know, cause you, no one is as mean to you as your best friend when you are a teenager, you know, no. like the worst fight I ever had with anybody was with my best friend in high school and because she knew me so well and she knew exactly how to, you Press know, cut my head off basically, right? Yeah. yeah. She knew what to do. And Oh, she was such a bitch and like i i love her to death she's still my good friend um but god she was such a bitch that time and and like we didn't talk for like a month i remember that and i remember seeing that scene and thinking like i f- i feel like somebody did something to to vera in the same way yeah. that she's expressing like what that feels like because it starts it always starts out really you know joyous and then somehow it just turns dark and there's a lot of teenage girl movies that that turn dark that way like Breathe is a good one where Melanie Laurent's film oh that was such
0: a good movie (laughs) Yes, it
1: it turns dark really fast and you're like you know what these emotions are real I feel it Yeah. Um, but then Daisy's thankfully swerves back into them Mm -hmm. you know being friends again and it's just a really good food movie there's a scene where one of them eats a pickle and you really like a few pickles have looked as good as the pickle she eats um what else? I think I love I love the the sugar daddy stuff because that's still kind of a um, taboo, yeah. you know, thing. Like, there's a new film coming. I just screened it a couple of days ago called uh, "Shiva Baby." That's kind of about um, being a sugar baby. <laughs> and <laughs> there was one a couple of years ago called "The New Romantics," Canadian film about a girl who goes oh, yeah. um, yeah, undercover, undercover, quote mm-hmm. unquote, as a sugar baby. And and I like that. Like, she was looking 50 years ago at the way that if capitalism is, is defining mm-hmm. how we are as women, we might as well take advantage of it and yeah. get a really good meal. And specifically <laughs> as it was, like, you know, in Czechoslovakia where it was this battle between capitalism and communism and, yeah, you know, and the fact that we're still having that conversation today about, like, is, is this an okay thing to do? And mm-hmm. it's, like... I you know I'm, I'm pro sugar baby I would have liked to someone to pay my student loans if I could have gotten someone to. yeah do like it. shop girl yeah that's yes. yes that's that scene where he pays off her student loans is the most romantic scene it's like yeah yes it's the yes. stress and I, and yes I don't need anything else but my student loans paid yeah. off yes Steve Martin we're here we're waiting where no, are you Yes, yeah. no very but very um funny. It's a great film and and they're they're so playful in it and and i think they managed to be really sexy without ever it seeming gross like they're in these like sheer dresses and in their underwear and all kinds of stuff but it never ever ever feels gross it it just feels like the way teenage girls hang out and you know
0: with butterfly placements of where the butterflies go i mean it's just goofing off and yeah exactly And the scenes with food, every time I watch this movie, I just think how difficult it must have been to film it. Like initially, it would be fun starting to eat, but then you're eating so rapidly. I mean, some of that is camera trickery, but you're going from like pickles to desserts to this, to that. And so when I watch it, I'm a little like, God, where's the pepsid? Like it gives you almost a little bit of indigestion. Yes.
1: That final scene, you know, they were completely covered in cream, I and it's know. like, cream gets really stinky. And it's like, how, how many times did they only shoot it once? I don't, I don't actually yeah. know. Like, did they do it all once, so they were just covered in cream once, or did they have to like clean up all that cream multiple times? I don't, I don't know, but I'm sure it didn't smell great.
0: Um, <laughs> have you seen any of the movies that Vera made after this, before this? I'm yeah, not sure it was yeah, I've first. seen,
1: yeah. I've seen a bag full of fleas. Bagful of Fleas is really good. It's about a. It's um. Have you ever seen Zero for Conduct, the um, zombie no. go film? Mm-mm. So it's like an all girls school, kind of, drama comedy thing. It's really good. Bagful of Fleas, something different. Daisies, Fruit of Paradise, and I feel like I saw something else. Maybe that's it. Okay. We had we had wow. um. Yeah, we had. Her films on FilmStruck. So I watched. I obviously I'd already seen Daisies, but I watched all the other ones um, on there, except Fruit of Paradise. I actually saw Fruit of Paradise on um, the big screen because uh, last not last summer, last summer was a void two summers ago, 2019. The um, the American Cinematheque did a screening of Daisies, Fruit of Paradise, and I I think they reshowed. Was it a bag full of fleas? They showed one of her other short films. I um, can't remember which one it was. Um, but it was uh, like six hours of of her films. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was amazing. A lot of people left after Jay-Z's. And I was like, you're all... <laughs> like losing right now this is, this is fantastic so it was like daisies until i think it ended at like 12 30 at night
0: <laughs> oh that might it was have pretty, been It it's
1: pretty late yeah it was pretty late by the time it ended but um it was totally worth staying up that late and um her films like fruit of paradise is beautifully shot and another sort of weird you're not really sure like, temporally, what's happening? Like, is it set now? Yeah. Is it set? Is, is the times change? Is she falling into, like, a a void? Like, uh, not a void. What's a, a time warp? Like, you don't know. Is, there, is it a dream? Yeah. Hard to say. Okay. But the use of red in um, Fruit of Paradise is some of the most beautiful reds you'll ever see mm. in a movie. It's gorgeous.
0: Now I want to see those. Hopefully some of them are streaming on Criterion. I'm going to have to yeah, check it out. Yeah, I think
1: they've added a f- a few others i'm not sure about fruit of paradise but they've yeah. added some it's just such a good movie
0: cool can't wait for that and bag full of fleas and yeah need to check out more of those well our second film today is foxfire from 1996 directed by annette haywood carter and written by elizabeth white based on joyce carol oates novel Foxfire Confessions of a Girl Gang, the film adaptation ditched the book's 1950s era setting, which I frankly preferred. I made the mistake of like reading the book and then seeing the movie in too close of succession back then. But they set the action in a contemporary Portland, Oregon suburb where a smart creative high school senior played by Hedy Burris and three of her female classmates fall under the sway of a new, beautiful, charismatic runaway drifter played by Angelina Jolie. Who else? Co-starring Jenny Lewis, a pre-Rilo Kylie, Jenny Lewis, Jenny Shimizu, and Sarah Rosenberg. The film feels like it would make a great double feature with The Craft, which was also released in 1996, but made by a man. In Foxfire, the girls at its center stand up to sexual harassment, assault, and attempted rape threats by a biology teacher slash football coach and his jock minions. Though it isn't my favorite, probably because I did love the book so much as a teen, it's still really entertaining and fun. Right now it is available on Hulu if you're listening to this right after it drops. So Mariah, what did you think of Foxfire?
1: Um, It also tackles like emotional abuse from parents, which I think is not something that is discussed. I feel like when you Mm -hmm. usually talk about abuse, you're like, you know, picturing bruises and things like that and not not the kind of abuse that is shown here. Um, So that's one factor of it that I really related a lot to. Mm. Um, I just love Angelina Jolie. Somehow I missed this film when it came out. Like I'd seen Hackers and some of her other 90s stuff or, or caught some of the 90s stuff when it was on TV in the in the 2000s. But um, Foxfire evaded me for years. And then I watched it about two or three years ago and was like, dang it, I would have loved this as a teenager, <laughs> you know? Um, and I love that um, she has such palpable chemistry with like every single girl. Like you could she imagine does. her being either the best friend or the girlfriend of every single girl Mm -hmm. and in fact she um was like madly in love with jenny shimizu at the time and said if it had been legal they would have gotten married and oh wow i love i love that for them like that's she couldn't do that but like in my brain they weren't married yeah just just (laughs) because they legally couldn't do it doesn't mean they emotionally weren't married you know Mm -hmm. um and I think people tend to forget that Angelina Jolie is bisexual, and I always like like to remind people that because <laughs> oh, it's so
0: evident in the early yes. movies, especially.
1: Yeah. Yes, I think she, I, you know, and I think people tend to think that bisexuality is a phase, and so of course mm-hmm. you see it when she's young, and then they don't. There yeah. aren't a lot of bisexual like love stories of older people. There mm-hmm. aren't a lot of love stories of older people in general, but you know. Yeah. Um, but I love how riot girly the film is and i think that's probably why they moved it to portland oregon is to really make it like market it towards the riot girls it's although it was at the edge of you know you know that popularity of riot girl although um that's why i'm shocked i hadn't seen it because i had like the zines and things i didn't have them my friend's mom had them and she would like give them to me okay she was done i don't know um, I had this magazine called her story that she used to give me. and then she turned me into like a strident feminist you know, <laughs> despite everything because I grew up in like the middle of nowhere. but I don't know how she got these these scenes. i don't I don't ask questions. I just took them. Yeah, but um point is, I love that like, you know, the Angelina's character is so dynamic and she's so like not afraid to tell everybody to like have. Have some confidence in themselves and mm-hmm. to believe in themselves, and and not just to stand up to things, but also believe in their in their art. You know, like the uh, lead character is an artist, and she's yeah. having doubts about her abilities, and she's like, "No, like this is who you are. This is what you do. Believe in it." And and you know, you love to see that. And everyone, I think, needs, especially at that age, somebody to
0: very true. You
1: know, tell them like your passion is worth pursuing. Yeah. And so I love, I love that about it. I love just seeing a bunch of girls hang out. Like I always wish that that was, you know, I see that in movies a lot and I'm like, I definitely didn't do that as a teenager.
0: No, me neither. So, All it, of my friends were, were guys when I was a teen. Yeah. I had, I had like one or two female friends, but no, they were not as I into a, the same stuff.
1: I had a friend who had, Friends, she's very popular. She's a cheerleader, all the, all those things. She's my friend since we were babies, and this is the only reason that I think we were still friends. And I, the only time I remember hanging out with multiple teenage girls was this has not aged well. Um, it, it was, I think it was her birthday, but it, it, yeah, it must have been her birthday. We all got at her house to celebrate her birthday, and it was like all these teenage girls that I vaguely knew um because you know everybody when you grow up in a small town but like nobody was really my friend so like i vaguely knew them mm-hmm. and um we watched johnny depp movies until like 6 a.m yes. um with, has not aged well but like at oh, the time please. i did the same thing you know yeah. two it was like 2002 like johnny depp was still mm-hmm. the cat's meow at the time it was before pirates though like she yeah. and i had been johnny depp fans since crybaby um because we saw crybaby when we were way too young and um you know Edward scissor hands and all that stuff but the point being that was like the one, one of the few memories I have in my head of like being with a bunch of teenage girls and it was really awkward because I didn't really know them
0: <laughs> yeah I remember that when I went to college it was like wait a second what you know what is this whole world and I felt like I really had missed out but what I love about this one is it's so 90s this
1: movie like yes. you have the
0: flannel a lot of black well especially it is the Pacific Northwest the, the
1: dark lipstick yes the yes. dark
0: lipstick the shoe boots the the whole thing and the music. The other movie it reminded me of too and I'm kind of starting to think either these were the scripts that Angelina Jolie sought out or was being offered. But there is something too you mentioned hackers and if you put this with hackers and then you also put it with like girl interrupted the sort of mm-hmm. outcasty thing. And as a leader or a dysfunctional leader, I mean, she's so compelling and you yeah. see her and you know, as soon as you see her like right away in this movie, you're like, yep, everyone's gonna follow her everywhere. I yeah. love that all these girls don't normally hang out together. We have, you know, one girl who's the quote unquote slutty girl and then the one who's a little bit of a druggie and you know, they're, they just click because they stick their neck out for each other and are bonded by that. And I love that too.
1: Yeah, and contemporarily, um, I think there's probably a strong line from this film to Moxie, which is the film Amy Poehler just directed, oh, where okay. it's very similar, where um none of the girls are really friends and uh, a new girl comes into town and she notices that all the other girls are just letting like the misogyny of the boys slide oh, wow. and she's like, don't do that. And then it, it inspires one of the girls to that and a combination of discovering her mom's riot girl zines. It just, dis- it encourages her to start an anonymous zine and then the zine um, she leaves it in the girl's restroom, which I love movies that show how girls hang out in the restroom because it yeah. is so true. And um, through that, zine like all of these girls start finding the courage to 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 speak out and to tell the boys to like shut the fuck up basically yeah and then they become a group because they have all bonded over the the zine and um and then they find even more strength because you first you find strength by reading something that like speaks mm-hmm. to you right and then you find strength in finding people who think the same way or that feel the same way or have a certain similar goal. And I think that's what you see in Foxfire and that's what you see in Moxie. And then once you do that and you get over the fear of like competing with other girls and realize that like, we're all just on the same team, actually, Mm -hmm. then you find like a strength that you, you know, never knew was there. And I think part of, you know, this is like an armchair things sociological whatever but like basically i think society tells tries to keep women apart because they know that if women get together they're unbeatable right and so it's like you got to keep them divided so that they don't overpower literally everybody um
0: yeah Yeah. it's like you know we're raised thinking we're in competition for jobs and men and no we're much more powerful and we stick together absolutely Yes.
1: yes And uh, you know we gotta just, we gotta support every each other. It's yeah, it's so important, yeah. which is why the next film, Skate Kitchen, perfect, so good. Yes. yes. Oh my god! I like I had no idea what I was getting into when skate. I watched Skate Kitchen. It's so good.
0: You were the one. Your love for it like inspired me to see it because I don't even know that I had heard of it. And oh, then, it
1: barely had a release. Yeah. it was like, um, what was it? Is that. What is that studio? Um, Shoot. Was it A24? No. No, no, no. It's Magnets. They're horror stuff. Magnolia. Oh, it was yeah, Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah. You know, and like they, you know, it's the same. It's Mark Cuban. So he owns Landmark Theaters. So they tend to go to Landmark Theaters or BOD or really small art houses, mm-hmm. but they rarely, very rarely make it into like AMCs or, or yeah. bigger chains. And so they're you know, you have to know about a Magnolia release to like, know about a Magnolia release pretty much. <laughs> it's I know. really depressing. Yes.
0: It really is, especially because I do have a Magnolia rep, like I had one at the time. But for whatever reason, I wasn't pitched this. And so yeah, so I had to wait and hear from you. Exactly. This does bring us to our third film today from 2018. We have writer-director Crystal Moselle's terrific skater girl teen drama, Skate Kitchen, which was inspired by a real group of New York City female skateboarders who star in the film and play fictionalized versions of themselves. Additionally, the movie inspired a spin-off TV series, HBO's Betty, which premiered in May of 2020, which unfortunately I have yet to see, but I've heard great things about it. The film centers on an 18-year-old Long Island girl named Camille, played by Rochelle Vinberg, who, following a skate injury, a heinous skate injury, I must say, decides to get (laughs) more serious about her hobby. Going into the city where she meets, befriends, and is taken under the wing of a group of talented female skaters developing more confidence and independence over the course of the movie. She tries to figure out not only the woman she wants to be but also what's important to her and who is important to her. I remember really loving this when I first saw the film because of Mariah and I was excited to revisit it so I can't wait to hear you talk about this one since I know you love it so much.
1: Yeah. Well, first, I have to shout out my friend, Britta London, who uh, produced Betty. Okay. She used to be a writer on Riverdale, and then she left Riverdale. She's also a YA writer. She's written some really great books. But um, she produced Betty, and when I saw her name, I didn't know she was working on it. Like, I had not noticed that she posted about it all somehow. And then I saw her name when I watched the pilot and I was like, oh my God, I know. no wonder it's so good. <laughs> like she's she's immensely talented. So I'm not shocked that that she produced the show. It's wonderful. And I love the film, but I think the show is even richer. So Ooh, I definitely watch recommend yes. watching it. And it got, it got renewed for second season. So um, it's richer because it has no structure. <laughs> That's what oh, okay. I'm going to say. It's one of those like- it just—it's like a vibe. Like the whole show is yeah. just a vibe. Like it's so okay. good, and it doesn't—it doesn't aim towards anything. It doesn't need to aim towards anything because the whole point of skateboarding is like surfing—is to just be zen and to in the moment. Yep, in it right. And mm-hmm. and um, I think the the film tried to have a little more plotting than probably Crystal wanted. I'm assuming. Okay. Um, yeah. And then because the show like is just it is the it is the culture. Um. And stridently feminist. But so Skate Kitchen, I knew it it existed because when I lived in Atlanta, I went to two movie theaters all the time. The the Terra Cinemas and the Midtown Art Cinema. Actually, when I moved to Atlanta, I Googled Atlanta Art Cinema. That was the exact phrase (laughs) I Googled. And it happens to be called the Midtown Art Cinema. And it was like walking distance from the apartment. And that made have been purposefully done. Um so then I could go. and so I would go see everything there. And this I can't remember if this was the summer of Movie Pass or not, but like I went there all the time. And um so I saw the the trailer and that's how I knew it was coming. And I had really loved the Wolfpack crystals yes. previous film. Mm-hmm. And so um I was like I'm definitely seeing this. Yeah. And um there's a scene in it like i don't know two thirds maybe halfway through the movie where they silent or they skate at night um to khalid's young dumb and broke and oh, it I is love
0: that yeah
1: it is such a perfect scene like first of all that was the first time i heard khalid and now i have like all his albums he's he's an amazing mm-hmm. he's an atlanta um, musician too um and he did that I think he literally was like 18 when he wrote that song, so he really was know like, young, young, mm-hmm. dumb, and broke when he wrote that song. And and it's such a such a vibe song, and and then it coupled with the way that they shot that scene and the like joy you see on these teens as they're just cruising on their skateboards at mm-hmm. night with all of the like neon lights. It's it's one of the best like attempts to capture that freewheeling spirit of being mm-hmm. like 18. And just chilling with your friends. Like usually you'll see it, you know, like a cruising scene or something where you're mm-hmm. in your car. Um it's beautiful. And I I remember when I saw that sequence, I was like, that's it. This is this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like and it it's, ends it's like so that perfect. too.
0: Exactly. And yeah, I love it. And the that. way
1: they the cinematography on it, where they would like, I don't know if it was GoPros or what, but where they kind of strapped it on the skaters and on the boards. There's one scene where uh, Rochelle is like, it's like a long take. It's got to be like three, four minutes long. And it's just her going down kind of a hill like thing. And it's from the point of view of the skateboard. And I don't know how they shot it. I don't mm-hmm. know how it was so long. I don't know if there was trickery. I don't want to know. It's yeah. just so beautifully shot. It reminded me, I love surf movies. Me and it too. really oh did. It really did remind me of, of the way they shoot surf movies. And yes. I was, I was kind of bummed that it didn't get any notice for its cinematography because um, that's hard. It, yes. It's hard to pull that off and to keep it so fluid and it is like one of the most fluidly just beautifully shot films I've ever seen. Um mm-hmm. she so she said that she met these girls on the subway. Well, she saw them on the subway. She was a documentary yeah, and just originally, walked right? Into it. So yep. she's always she's always looking at people and and writing stuff down and she saw them and thought much like me and my love of teenage girl movies, it's a similar mm-hmm. thing where she saw them and and thought like holy shit, I need to know these teenage girls. Like, yeah. this is what I wanted to be when I was a teenage girl. So she talk, started talking to them, realized they had this cool story. I'm not 100% sure how it ended up being a fictionalized account rather than a documentary. Yeah. I don't know if she wanted to just explore, non, mm-hmm. you know, like get away from documentary cinema or, or what. I, I, don't, I don't know the story mm-hmm. there. Um, But they're still not 100% them, right? It's like half mm-hmm. really them and half not them, um, and they found Rochelle. She wasn't one of the girls. I think it was the, it was some of the other girls. And then they found Rochelle because um, they had Will Smith's kid. I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. Um, Jaden. Yeah, Jaden. Yeah. They had Jaden uh, to get funding, I guess. And then yeah. he was a big skateboarder. And then he was a fan of Rochelle's and was like, you, we need to check out this girl. I think she should be the lead. And then, you know, obviously she's oh, wow. like a powerhouse skater like yeah she can do shit that I'm like I could never move like that I um, know ugh, she's brilliant and then she's they're all great actresses I also really love um I gotta find her name because she's so good that she's so funny like she's as funniest. as it's not deepy who is it Oh, one the of the blonde? actresses yeah she's so funny what hilarious. is her name
0: I am blanking on it too yep ugh,
1: she's hilarious and she's one of those like people where I don't I don't think she's ever acting. I think she just is that is funny. That, is that yeah. chill? Yeah. You don't. You don't need her to create a character. She is a character, no. and mm-hmm. I'm grateful that like she. She was my favorite in the sh- in the film, and and she gets to do even more on the show, like oh, even, cool. even funnier and yeah, just ugh. and she's kind of this like like everyone else is a little chaotic. Rochelle's character is definitely having issues, like she's not, well. yeah. she's not doing well. She's not at, doing well at home. She is like falling for clearly a trash guy, which is something yes. I can very much <laughs> relate to. She's having yeah. trouble making the friendships because she's not used to having girlfriends. And this this character is so the other character whose name we're both of us can't remember she's so kind of neutral she is the like zen surfer skateboarder it's like she's the head of of the the skate kitchen and um she's always just trying to make everyone chill and like trying Mm -hmm. to give everyone a perspective of like hey what you're ramped up about is not anything you don't need to be ramped up about it and and i i wish I was that person I'm the one that's always like needs to get talked off the cliff you know <laughs> like um I, I, but I want to be the person who's chill like my aim is to be the chill zen person who like yeah. telling everyone to cool it what I like about the show too is that um the f- the film taps into a little of like intersectional politics uh, oh, about right. the different races and everything but not really and the show really dives into oh, that like there's a scene where they all get arrested and um the you know the white girl gets it a lot easier and and they make it very clear that like they're lucky they're not dead like yeah. she needs to like behave better around them because yeah. you know they can't you know yeah. she's obviously going to be fine but they mm-hmm. they they might not be and so, it, you know, it gets to del- delve a lot deeper into issues that I think not every film that a- aims to be feminist, you know, doesn't have mm-hmm. the time to delve into or sh- inclination. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, in 2020, 20, whatever year it is now, you should definitely try to start at intersectionality rather than yes. like if you have time. <laughs> um, but it's just such it's just such a joyful movie. And um Again, the soundtrack's amazing. I love that it shows how, like, you can get wrapped up in your first crush, kind of, yeah. or your first, like, adult relationship. And, and put not your see, friends and on the side. You put your friends on the side, not see the red flags, like, and the mm. red flags are subtle. You know, he's not that, he's not horrible, right? No. And that's the point, is, like trash dudes don't have to be like smacking yeah. across the face to be trash <laughs> it does a really good job of showing how she's like a little frog being boiled in her own bad decision water you know mm-hmm. it's good
0: it's yeah really she's good. chasing after him and and yes there's issue with her friend and you're like just don't do that yeah it's very yeah. cringy i love also the way it deals with um coming-of-age sexuality, like she was scared to use a tampon, so that whole thing is in there, and yeah, and I also love her backstory where she talks about uh, when her parents divorced, like choosing to live with her dad, Mm -hmm. and then as she got older, needing a woman around, but the way she tells the story is very subtle, like she's still processing it herself, and the way she needed women as she got older, and it kind of is reflected in the friendship, which I think is really beautiful as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I I think that it really tackles a lot of issues of coming of age. That yeah. I think a lot of coming age films only manage to maybe tackle one facet. And mm-hmm. they're like we're done. You've come of age. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's there's like there's a lot you have to learn, and I, also you're always learning. Like no one ever matures no. um yeah. there's that too you're like, still in is, your 20s my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah you know you just keep keep going I mean I'm about to be 35 and I feel like I'm still learning oh, I'm still gosh, not yes. zen like I've tried no. you can't the thing is you can't try to be zen you just have to be zen and yeah. I can't not try and that's the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I keep trying instead of just um it's rough it is I haven't, gonna... I haven't figured it out
0: I know I'm gonna be 40 in May, and it's like I'm not Patrick Swayze in Point Break. Well, I'm not Robin Banks, but
1: you know, just not <laughs> like living
0: for the surf. Yeah.
1: No, I haven't figured it out yet. Yes. I still get, I still get like the stupidest things still wind me up, and I'm like, dang it, you know better. Like this doesn't matter. Why are you <laughs> yes. mad about it?
0: Yeah. I don't I know. know why I am I mad about that. it? Yeah.
1: Um, it's you know I I got a ping. This is not at all related to these films but I just read Ethan Hawke's novel and oh, yeah. um, how is it it's good it's it's good he I've a his other ones I haven't read his other ones I need to go oh. and find them but it's it's structured like a five act play which is really interesting but um, specifically it's and if, if you're familiar with sort of latter Ethan Hawke you know he's kind of become this like um, sage yeah. uh, he was always a little like that like you mm-hmm. can see it in Before Sunset and reality bites and all of those ones where he got to ramble a little bit, but he's actually at a place where I think he's maybe found a little wisdom. And you can see in the book how the character is supposed to be 32 and it's quasi autobiographical, but not really, but you can see how at like 50, he's, he he just turned 50. He's looking at his thirties and what his thirties were looking at your twenties. Right. So like, you've learned a bit going through your Mm twenties, but by the time you hit 50, you're able to f- precisely see what you learned about your 20s when you were 30. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. And, yeah. and so the way he's distilled kind of that knowledge of, of where he went through in his 20s and how he came into the path to be as enlightened as he is at 50 mm-hmm. was really fascinating to to see. I um, liked it a lot. And, and he isn't afraid to show just how selfish most people are. And they kind of have to oh, be yeah. selfish in order yeah. to to grow mm-hmm. um and I, I feel like as a society we think people mature at like 25 and it's like no everyone is Not an at asshole at least until 40 so you might finally be coming out of, like that <laughs> My phase asshole days. Yeah. yes like I, th- I think i think everybody like is still really self-involved until they hit 40 and later because you're starting to see you know the horizon a little bit more clearly Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's put it that way yeah um and and you start to I think you start to like let things drop because you really don't you really know you don't need to hold it anymore and I'm not there yet but I know that I need to get there Mm -hmm. and yeah and watching these films where the 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 girls are starting that journey it's such a long journey it Um, really but I think you really start you really start on it when you're a teenager you do and yeah and the whole coming age genre makes you th- makes the presumption that you get to the end much sooner than you actually do yeah and you know
0: all the answers <laughs> no
1: and you definitely no. don't like yeah you're gonna be a mess for a long time
0: I know for me I felt like I came of age probably faster than most people because I had so many spine surgeries and mm-hmm. you know and started college when I was 16 and stuff and yeah so- it's like by the time I was 20, I felt like I was maybe like middle aged. But then my twenties, I like digressed and kind of felt like a teenager for 10 years. And so it's like, you know, not yeah, a like a study path. Yeah. Similarly,
1: I, you know, I had a pacemaker surgery when I was yes. 14. And I my yeah. like, I almost went into a coma. I was a week away from, from yep. being dead, basically. So scary. And it's terrifying. And I, you know, and on one hand, I came out of that knowing I didn't die. But knowing I had almost died, like literally almost died, like, and I you know, with your heart, if it starts, if it stops working, like you feel it. I was so tired. Like I couldn't walk. It was really bad. And so part of me is matured because I had to, because I realized that like I didn't die and that there's a lot that you learn about yourself when you don't die, when you maybe Mm -hmm. would have in an earlier era (laughs) you know I know Um, but at the same time then because you hit that so early and I think similarly with you you miss out on some of the the rambunctiousness you were supposed to have as a teenager like I don't don't feel like I got to be as carefree as a teen as I had wanted to be Mm
0: -mm. (laughs) I know yeah I remember when I actually was in Atlanta I started a college out there Agnes Scott. Uh, college which was for women oh, yeah. and I just went there briefly but they because I got my own room I was like in my early 20s I was in the freshman dorm so I suddenly had like all these little 18 year old sisters running around and they were asking me this like advice about their teen years and I'm thinking god my teen years are so not gonna help you right <laughs> now like this is no. just <laughs> weird yeah so it is different. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I tried to convince my mom to skip me grades when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I also tried to get her to send me to boarding school. I really hated being a teenager so much, and I was trying to find any, literally, any way to like skip.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It was crazy. It was not great. I, re- I remember at 16, suddenly I was in class with people whose like parents fought in the Vietnam War and mm. I had a classmate who fought in Desert Storm and it's like yeah just totally different worldviews and I'm thinking boy last week you know I was like thinking about Johnny Depp movies or whatever it was <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. this week it's hey do you want to read my war diary uh,
1: okay like yeah.
0: A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know it is crazy but I loved watching all of these because it is important to find your tribe, whatever the age may be exactly.
1: And I also, I think with the sort of rise of internet culture, it's a lot easier It is to find them. Like most of my friends aren't, don't live in the same city as me. Nope. Most of the people I love, I found on, on Tumblr or Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I talk to them, people, these people every day and they, I don't know that I would have found them. Like I, I was always an internet person, you know. I was on yeah. like Yahoo groups in the '90s, yeah. but oh like, my God, like I was—I'll tell you—the Yahoo groups. I did not really find my tribe there. I just found a lot of no tri- and and yeah. <laughs> weird DMs, you know, and um, a lot of drama over things where you're like, "What the fuck?" I was in an Ewan McGregor group that got so violent. In the way people were, <laughs> that about eight of us created our own private group because for, we yeah. literally just wanted to talk about you e. McGregor and we didn't want any of drama. And we were like, why yeah. don't we just have our own little group where we know the eight of us are not going to bring anything other than love for this actor? Mm-hmm. Um, it was very weird. But, like, you know, as much as I attempted to find people at that time, like Yahoo groups were not a great place. Uh, Live journal didn't really work. And frankly, Twitter was pretty suspect for the first, like, 10 years that I was on it. It was an awful place when I first joined. But Tumblr, I found, was always the, the easiest place to find truly, like, people, my people. Like, I think I have five or six people that I would consider, like, best friends all whom I met on, on Tumblr like 10 years ago, (laughs) because they had like eight, we had like eight things in common that we all loved. And, you know, I don't know.
0: It is cool. Yeah, I missed out. I was like too old for the MySpace era. But I did have the Yahoo group stuff. I remember I was in a Paul Thomas Anderson group. And I skipped
1: MySpace. I didn't understand it. I didn't like it. I think I vaguely had one for like a year okay. when I was in college and then Ed the lead singer of Grizzly Bear made a post the only reason I had my space was for bands and um, he was like I'm leaving my space for Twitter and that's when I signed up okay. for Grizzly
0: for Bear yeah. and then he left
1: Twitter so now it's oh, like that thanks, is so thanks funny. Ed But um, that's how and then I got to Tumblr from LiveJournal because somebody I followed on LiveJournal, one of the few people I really liked on LiveJournal was like, I'm leaving LiveJournal for Tumblr. And I was like, what's Tumblr? So, Yeah, I'm actually still on Tumblr. I have people. I who know. Will like and ping I me. missed Tumblr. I, I love guess. Tumblr. I yeah. still have people who will ping me on Twitter, and they're like, "I used to follow you in the old Tumblr days," and I'm like, "I'm still on Tumblr. I never left it. I've so had funny. a Tumblr tab open on every computer since 2008. I will never, never ever be stopped. off Tumblr until they shut." That website down and delete everything. I <laughs> will yeah. always be on Tumblr. I love Tumblr so much.
0: That is cool. You were actually, like I said, one of the first people I met on Twitter. It was like you, Kristen Lopez, candace Frederick, and yeah. Scott Weinberg were basically. This is some
1: of the early, the yeah. early film people. Yeah. Yeah, the fail whale days were like half uh, yeah. the time you logged on and, and you, it wasn't you had to yeah. you had to upload photos via Twitpic yes do you remember I that know. i do <laughs> like oh yeah. they didn't have a, t- a pho- photo upload thing that's why i liked tumblr tumblr was very image friendly always And mm-hmm. like the gif limit on tumblr was always bigger than the gif limit on twitter even yeah. well, for a while you couldn't even put gifs on twitter but mm-hmm. yeah and the twitter still, like, to the point about um letting things get to me that I'm like, I shouldn't be mad about this. Like one That's of the things that still that. drives me nuts on Twitter is that like everybody has to hop in with some opinion or something. whether you want them to talk to you or not. They just do it. And you you know, I try to lock the tweet sometimes so that you can't mm-hmm. talk to me. I just want to put a thought out there. and then they'll quote tweet. and I'm like, why are you doing that? I clearly I don't know. want you to engage with this other than to see it. but Tumblr sort of you can talk like you can kind of comment but really you just share and reblog or like and there's not a lot of communication unless it's in the dms like the only way you, you communicate really is in the dms and um so you're I feel a lot freer to just put things I love on Tumblr Mm -hmm. and I don't see people come back. And I mean, at one point I had a very popular Tumblr and um, I used to get a lot of hate DMs. (laughs) Well, that used to happen. I had a, I had an arch enemy who used to harass me and then like reblog everything I posted to say that I was trash. And I'm like, why do you hate me? And it was for things like, like Pina, like this person thought that me liking Pina was showed I had bad taste. And I'm like, you have bad taste. Peanut's a masterpiece, <laughs> but um, I don't even know who that was anymore. So that you yeah. know, but that was rare. It was it was it was rare. It was mostly just a lot of happy people asking for like, what movie should I watch? And I wish if Twitter was just, hey, what yeah. movie should I watch? I wouldn't mind so much. But it's always just like name a explaining, movie that isn't explain this. or like, explaining yeah. things to me that I already know. Oh it's like God. just assume it's I know the this already. Yeah, like, or, or if you feel like you want to share something, like there's, there's ways to say it that aren't, that don't feel, they don't feel like you're, you're trying to teach me something. Mm -hmm. Like just share, share it from a point of view of you enjoying the thing, not I'm here to lecture you. Like, which sounds pompous, but like, I just, I don't like being lectured at unless Mm -mm. I specifically ask for like, Hey guys, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z assume I don't yeah. want you to explain anything to me <laughs> I know yeah I see I know you these... get that a lot too like and I feel I like it's worse for for women mm-hmm. but it's not just men who do it does that no. make sense so like yeah it'll happen to women by both men and women yeah and it's like you would think the women would know better than to do that to other women
0: yeah it's like doesn't this drive you nuts come on you guys yes yeah yeah
1: one of these days, I'll I'll not be irritated by Twitter. Like when I when someone tweets something at me and it doesn't drive me nuts, I'll know that I've hit the zen.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> skater and surf Twitter trends. Yeah. Then we need that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously, there are a lot of movies you could have selected that fit right in with this topic. So, are there any others you want to recommend to anyone listening that they should check out? I
1: yeah, let um, that go
0: because you're an encyclopedia.
1: Oh God, there's so many. Um, I really love Old Enough it's by Marissa Silver, okay. who is Joan McLean Silver's daughter, and it's about oh. two two girls that sort of meet each other and and find, you know, find a best friend kind of for the first time. But it, it shows how that can, you know, sometimes <laughs> turn a little dark, um, which okay. is fun. Um, I think you could almost put Clueless there in that um, you know Ty's character in particular oh, finds yeah. finds friendship Absolutely. for the first time and. And I love, I love her arc in that film. Also, Clueless is just, you know, like the greatest film of all time. Um, I love this movie. It's not quite, it's almost a romance, but I love this movie called The Summer of Sengal from Lithuania. Okay. It's, it's good. It's, it's maybe, maybe, I mean, it's not maybe. They are lesbians. Um, I just realized there's like a very specific lesbian scene in that. But they also, they're like lesbians. So they're coming of age sexually with each other, but they're also like the first- Friends, these two oh, girls have nice. ever had at the same time. Um, so you get a little of both. And it's beautifully shot film. She won the World Director Award at Sundance. Oh, cool. um, but she hasn't made anything since. And that movie was like six years ago. And I'm like, I want another movie from this director. <laughs> I recommend that one. Um, not directed by a woman, but definitely good on this subject is "Is We Are Best from. Uh,
0: it was, Great movie. Yeah. Was it Germany
1: or Sweden? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. That movie is delightful and it was based on the director's wife's like memoir so it's like tangentially you know um women uh what else there's so many movies i love them all i know there are just it's, those are them. good ones i'm trying to think like i want to say something that's not like european but i can't think of any like how about this? Oh, oh, I favorites. thought of I thought of a, okay. I thought of one from Mexico that's lovely. Um, it's called The Amazing Catfish. Okay. Um, and and it's mostly about a teenage girl, but there's it's like a teenage girl sort of or like maybe she's tw- twenty, um, sort of getting a new family and friends mm-hmm. and and um, it's just sort of about found found family. That one's really mm-hmm. lovely. Um, I have too many favorite movies. <laughs> I know you do. I always get excited. (laughs) There are some movies
0: where I know right away when I see something, I'm like looking down at the replies, waiting for someone to tag old films flicker. Yeah. Desperately Seeking Susan or some of those. Yes.
1: Yeah. Desperately Seeking Susan is such a good movie. I love all of Susan Seidelman's films. She's Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite directors. Um, You know, Smithereens is a rebel girl, but she doesn't find her tribe (laughs) like she is oh she is a lone wolf and (laughs) she doesn't care about anybody and which to the my point about people being really selfish she's still very much in her like selfish phase the question is will she ever not be wholly selfish i don't know yeah hard to say with that character but she's a she's a great character
0: Another Uh one I think I learned about this one from you was Mary Jane's not a virgin anymore. Oh yes, that's a good movie, and it took place in Minneapolis, where I'm from, and so it was kind of cool to see. Although it was
1: shot in San Francisco, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie theater fantasy idea. Yeah, that movie theater is is in downtown, is in the Mission District in San Francisco. But I think she's from that area, so she wanted to she was yeah she was working in san francisco but wanted to tell a story about where she was from that movie is so good and it like yes yes so like i love oh, i love that character she she really is like awkward but also trying to be less awkward mm-hmm. and trying to trying to figure out the words to describe what she wants out of life and having trouble you know saying what she's feeling yeah and, trouble getting there It's a lovely film. That's a good one. It really is. Well, this was
0: so much fun. I want to thank you for doing this. Are there any other movies you want to just give a shout out to or any?
1: Um, Oh, there's so many, but uh, definitely based on when this is probably coming out, I think Shiva baby will either already be out or be about to come out. It's the first week of April and, and it is stunning. I think it's a directorial debut based on a short from the same director. Um, the, I don't want to spoil anything. I just want to say that the way it was shot based on what the plot is was, like, I was shocked because it. I read the plot and then I watched the movie and I was like, that is not how I expected this topic to be tackled, um, which is always great because, yeah. you know, if you read one thing and it becomes something totally different, you're like, whoa, yes. whoa. You are thinking in ways that, like, you know, you just love to see it. Cinematic, I, you know. Yeah explorations.
0: Yeah, I do need to ask. I just remembered because I know people wanna know. Prague Save America. Do you have oh ETA? Yeah, God. Okay.
1: So I still have episodes that need to get edited and I want to finish editing them all before I launch it. So I was gonna launch in March, but now I don't know if that's gonna happen. Okay. Um because I unfortunately what happened was I recorded too many episodes, (laughs) like early and then because everyone that I wanted to like guest on it they were like yeah and they were all within like two weeks and I was like shit and then I didn't record the (laughs) and then I didn't edit them right away like I should have um and then now I have all these like writing assignments and so the editing has sort of gone to the wayside but it'll it'll happen and uh there are eight episodes recorded they are just not all edited yet
0: yeah. Um, once they're edited, a launch. Yeah.
1: Um, but it isn't isn't just about prog rock. It's prog rock, Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen. So the prog rock being, you know, this weird kind of indescribable genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just love Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen, and they're and yeah. that's why they're combined. So it, it, there's a kind of a, a thesis. Like if you listen to the episodes, you'll, it almost makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't care that if it makes sense or not. So
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I have Bob Dylan right behind me. So yeah, I just keep seeing him.
1: Yeah. I've I'm got
0: very excited.
1: Four episodes about Bob already recorded, I think, or three. That
0: is awesome. So. And we have to give a shout out to our friend Kate Gabrielle for her gorgeous. Yes, yes. Yes. She
1: did the, she did the artwork for, um, the podcast and she, I basically was like, can you make. An album cover that looks like if Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen made a prog rock album and yeah. that's what
0: she did. So I know. You so know, good.
1: She's so talented. I have she really is. I have her art all over my house. She's one of my I faves. know. I love it. Yes. Yeah.
0: This is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com and filmintuition on social media and letterboxed. And this is Watch with Jen.